Welcome everyone to the EOS Fireside Chat for August 16th. We got a good show today. Got seven topics lined up, a couple special guests. We're talking the Blockchain Futurist Conference. ENF is out there, EOS Nation's out there. EOS Labs, big news last week. There's a fireside in ch- for the Chinese community coming up tomorrow. We'll be talking a bit about that event. Opt out for the Block One legal action. Deadline's coming up. We'll remind you guys about that. WarfKit launch is happening. There's a Twitter space tomorrow. We got Aaron Cox going to be joining us to talk to us about that. Pomelo Season 6 claims are finally open. Upland is opening Tokyo, and we got some nice IBC action with Wombat going cross-chain between EOS and Wax. All right, that's, that's it for our topics. Let's jump right into the show. Blockchain Future Conference going on right now in Toronto. Liam's out there for the ENF. Laura's out there for the ENF. I've got, uh, got a couple of pictures to share with you guys. Seems like people are having a blast. I'm jealous that I couldn't attend this year. Toronto's not too far from where I am and I have been in the past. It was actually the first crypto conference I ever went to. So seeing that that image of the, the empty uh, auditorium here with the Blockchain Futurist Conference branding definitely brings back some good memories. Uh, on my side, I don't know if we, if we have anyone in the chat that attended. I do see Catherine in here. I think she was there yesterday. And um, last picture here, we can see a couple of guys from EOS Nation, Daniel Keys and Vincent, repping actually our Pinax brand. And then we got Liam from the ENF here. All the guys hanging out, looking uh, busy here (laughs) at the conference. Um, Yeah, so on the topic of our sister brand here, Pinax, we recently updated our, our website, pinax.network, and we actually launched our Firehose and Substream services. So it's a big week for us. The guys are out there spreading the word about that. Everyone can now kind of log in through our website and try this technology uh, for free. So if you do want to try it out on Antelope Networks, of course, reach out to us directly. We'll hook you up. Um, yeah, so there was a... Women of Web3 panel, Laura here from the ENF, as you can see from the first pictures, was featured on it. I haven't yet seen any footage outside of these pictures, but I'm sure that'll be trickling in uh, over the course of the next week. So I don't know if anyone in the chat here was there, wants to share a little message. Um, Feel free to do that. And... We're going to take a small audio break and come back with some more topics in just a bit. Here, here's some some tweets for you guys from the ENF talking about the Blockchain Futurist Conference. And... A nice one here from Pinax, um, highlighting a couple of pictures that the team took out there. Yeah, Daniel's got the hard hat in those photos, busy building, that's right, that's our fire fighter helmet representing the fire hose technology. So people who are out there, if you're ever at a conference and you see one of these fire helmets out there, snap a pic, share on social media, could win you some prizes. 
There we go, Catherine coming in the chat saying first day was epic, lots of networking on the patio. Sounds like a good time. All right, next up uh, on the agenda here, little heads up about tomorrow's event. Uh, the Chinese version of the Fireside happens every second Thursday, I believe. And tomorrow's edition features a very uh, anticipated guest, Winston, who's going to be leading the EOS Labs uh, initiative, is going to be on the Chinese Fireside tomorrow answering questions from the community. So Beatrice, if you've seen her out in the Telegram chats recently in the last couple of days, she's been accumulating questions from both the English community and the Chinese community, and she'll be asking these questions of Winston tomorrow on the event. So that, that event is happening on Discord in this server tomorrow at 8 a.m., but it will be in Chinese only. So if you're an English-only speaker, don't expect to be able to uh, follow along. However, there will be a summary uh, written up of, about the event, so it shouldn't be too long for the English community to uh, get the update on what happened there on the Chinese fireside. So any, um, yeah, I mean, any thoughts or questions about EOS Labs that you guys may have, now's a good time uh, to bring it up. Uh, I know we talked about it last week. I don't have any more uh, information to share myself, but if you have questions, definitely you can share them in the chat. You can jump on stage right now. Beatrice will be tracking this and potentially asking it tomorrow of Winston. I've got a question. Yes, Perry. Hello, Stefan. Uh, does Winston not speak English? I am not sure. Uh, he speaks English. He speaks English, just not, you know, his English is better than my Chinese. So let's put it that way. A lot better. But, but it's... Um, <laughs> In terms of speaking and I think and comprehending and interacting back and forth, probably not quite there yet. It'd be more com more comfortable for him to articulate what he wants to say in Chinese and to take questions that are presented in Chinese. Yeah. Okay. I guess my concern is is that we're we've got a huge barrier now to an important element of the ecosystem to <clears throat> to uh, to the Western world. And maybe it's fair to say that the Chinese have had that for quite a bit and still have that quite Bingo. a bit. Bingo. Bingo. Yeah. It, it is our first taste of what it's the Chinese first. communities have been dealing with, I guess, since the start. Yeah. Like when I was prepping the show, I was like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, you know, the special guest is not coming on Fireside. He's actually on the English version. You know, he's going to the Chinese version and we'll have to wait to see, um, which I think is fine. There's no, it's, it's, that's not a problem, you know. Such True. is the nature of this global community that we're a part of. But but the but the we also have to consider the fact that many more Chinese people speak English, uh, just due to the nature of the world over the last decade. So they've got a few decades ahead of us on that. So it's a little bit of a of a of a left turn, the Western community. I mean, we're going to be reading the information shortly after, anyways. And your questions can be asked, right, Beatrice? is out here she speaks both languages she's accumulating questions from everyone so i wouldn't i wouldn't you know classify yeah. that as a huge barrier but yeah. it may be a bit less direct than you're used to uh perry of just jumping on the mic and 
asking you questions to, you know, directly. It's very different. It's very, very different. It's going through uh, another filter, another set of people. It's very, very, very different. And I don't think that's a, I don't see that as a positive move, at least for, at least for the, for our community, for the Western side. It's, I don't think that's positive. I think we should, if he does speak English, I, I think we should give it a try. Let's see if we can do that. I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't heard it. And so. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. Hopefully he does come on the, the English fireside maybe at some point, but maybe it's, it's not very practical if there's some language barriers. Um, well, yeah. uh, the UNF has been talking about these real-time uh, translation services. Let's, let's see them in action. Why not? <clears throat> Well, one, one is they're they're quite expensive. The Interprify software, um, and really, I haven't been that impressed so far. I mean, I had to ask Beatrice for a lot of the uh, notes, like from the last BP call. I mean, it was it was pretty good. I could get some things out of it, but you know, talking about blockchain is also probably a fairly challenging thing to interpret and even though the interpreters have a glossary and stuff like that it's still really hard to to track um we're not quite at interprify is is a really cool software and i bet stuff like that will improve in the future but cost associated with it and i'm not sure that the benefit to um having like real time you know my my guess is that uh, this group of individuals our our community could figure out a real time translation service if they really needed to. I just got a demo of a it's service. Human Perry, it's human beings. They're literally, it's like, think of it like when the president speaks. You have someone listening in real time and speaking in real time, listening and speaking at the same time. These interpreters can only work for 30 minutes at a time and then they have to rotate. And you have to have two of them at any given time because one's interpreting into English, one's interpreting into Chinese. And you don't always get the same interpreters every time. So sometimes some are better than others. But even when you get a really good one, that's just one out of four interpreters on, on like a one-hour call. I'm not even discussing. I'm, I'm not even aware of the name of that service. I think you just mentioned it. I didn't. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about a technology-based. Uh, sure, but we're getting a bit yeah, off topic I'm, here. Yeah, dude. Like, uh, I, I agree that we're going to get the text version. Like, the, like this is how the whole other side of the world feels. Like every time we give Alpha on a fireside chat, and it takes like a week to like yeah. really trickle it out in a meaningful way. Uh, the, the Twitter Spaces last week, Eve dropping the Alpha, and then uh, the EOS Labs post um, coming out like like today, and then we had a fireside chat the very next day. Like, we were able to talk about it, and now, like, it's just the other way, and it's a nice balance because, like, you still have us. Like, we're here every single week. We're in Telegram. Like, you still have us, and now and, – and we're not there in the same capacity for, for the other side of the world. We're living in different time zones, so, like, right now is 3 a.m. there in, in Korea and, and, and China, and speaking like – like, this is great for them to have – someone that could be a thought leader directly to them. And then we still have the NF. We still have Eve. We still have me. We still have Lovejoy. Like we're, we're, we're still here, but the other side of the world gets someone in their own time zone that understands their culture, their way of doing business. And it's going to be very powerful. I think from everything I know and from um, what Winston shared and, and what we uh, published uh, today 
Uh, Brandon's done an amazing job at like um, just filtering all of this information and articulating it so we could share in real time as much information as we can. Like that's the other piece is like there's not going to be that much um, that Winston says that he probably didn't articulate to Brandon to help him write the the post we made today. There there will be a, a couple of new things I'm sure, and and we're going to try to publish those as soon as possible. But like you're gonna get it in a much more polished and refined way with with the. I don't the want it polished. I want the truth. I want to <laughs> ask questions. You start start Who practicing your Mandarin, well? Perry. Yeah. You, 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 <laughs> all right, Perry. <laughs> but we're we're gonna get the information just like we try to we get the information to them. Like we've got lots of really great systems in place for how we've been doing things by direct, like with, with the content usually starting here and ending up in the East, it, it, like it works in reverse too. It's just, it's, it's a little bit different, but we have the same systems, the same people and processes we, we do for the other way around. It's just this yeah, time. So I think it's a good point, Perry. I think it's been addressed. I think we can move on like Trimbot uh, suggests. Thanks guys. Thank you. But thanks for uh, jumping in here, Perry. Always good when people jump in instead of just leaving me leaving me and my elevator music all alone. Uh, Trimbot in the chat here asked a good question that I'm certainly interested in hearing from EOS Labs. How quickly does EOS Labs expect to see tangible results as in growing TVL or bringing in new projects to EOS? Um, so I think that's very interesting in terms of bringing in new projects to EOS. That's another question I've seen asked. Like, does Winston have any connections that he plans on leveraging for these? That's another question I'd love answered. Uh, but you know, I can wait a couple of days from uh, from tomorrow when when he's out there uh, answering these questions on the Chinese fireside. Aaron Cox also uh, sharing his perspective, saying we're lucky the leaders of our industry are as involved as they are. It breaks the trend of the corporate world where leaders are shielded behind dozens of lower level executives. Absolutely. All right, so there you go. So I think that covers uh, covers a little update on EOS Labs that I wanted to give. Maybe uh, one last chance for anyone. If you have maybe questions you'd like answered or, or questions for some of the people in the chat here today. Let's hear it. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Um, Mel here asked if Trimbot's question got answered. Perhaps it will tomorrow um, when Winston joins the Chinese Fireside and Beatrice kind of accumulates the questions and, and hosts that event. So we'll, we'll, we'll see exactly the answers from Winston a couple days after that show. All right, uh, before we move on, 
Just want to remind everyone that's watching on Twitter, on YouTube, click that like button, subscribe, share the show. Obviously, that's very important to spread the word. And if you're out here on Discord live with us, that's awesome. You can jump on the mic at any time, of course. Leave your memes in the chat, drop those emojis. And yeah, let's make this a good show. All right, our next topic. Quick reminder about the Block One legal action opt out that is currently going on. Um, I don't think there's necessarily anything new this week to report, but I did want to bring it up, make sure to remind everyone to opt out of the current class action if you haven't done so already. Um, I know we have Eve here today. I'm not sure, Eve, if you had anything to add on top of that, or maybe you just want to share your thoughts real quickly. I think we'd love to hear from you. So I don't really have anything to add uh, on top of that. Uh, we've been receiving tons of uh, opt-out messages as well as just uh, interested parties in general um, as we had started incubating, um, I guess, contacts and, and people sending in their interest and, and wanting to be a part of the process in general uh, a little over a month ago. Uh, I can share that. Uh, so one of the questions I've seen asked a lot uh is uh, there's this idea that the current class action with its $22 million uh, proposed settlement um, will uh, essentially, I don't know what the wording that, that's been used quite a lot, but that essentially will cover all the losses of the people uh, I, uh, you know, if, if they choose to go that route. Um, one of the things that led us to take a, and led me in, and to take this stance of recommending the opt-out is we have well over it's it's not even close uh, in terms of of um, law, reported losses with the information of of the transactions etc that exceed uh, by multiples and multiples uh, the twenty two million dollar fund so it's it's not even close so this idea that if you file your claim um, that you'd be able to get uh, you know close to or a hundred percent of your losses covered. I can uh, state uh, by fact with the with what we've received that that is not factual at all. Should everybody who's eligible uh, to be part of the current class that is currently following along that they're aware should should they do and go and claim um, that would not be the case. Uh, we we've got uh, as I mentioned multiples and multiples in terms of like uh you know x's uh in terms of of people that have sent in their information versus what uh, 22 million dollars would be able to cover and so we do recommend the opt-out uh understand that this is is taking a staunch position at the same time uh this is a decision that you need to make um it, you know you need to figure out what is best for you that may be opting out that may be claiming that is up to you uh, but our responsibility is to kind of let you know what we believe um, as a whole. So not for the individual, but as a whole, what is in the, in the best interest of uh, the network as we see it. And that is uh, opting out. And so I encourage people to send in their information um, and we are helping coordinate that. Um, there were also questions about the this idea of a, um, I forget the, the language used, but this idea that it's a... Um, um, uh, what's the word that basically this opt out 
Yeah, group. It, it is not a grouped opt-out. So when you are opting out, you are individually one by one opting out. The coordination does not make it a group. A group opt-out would be something like, I am opting out on behalf of a lot of people. That you cannot do. It is a class action, so it's one by one by one. Um, and so, you know, this information that is then being sent to, I forget the name, the, the address, block1settlement.com and the email address or whatever, that is a one by one by one. So when you are opt out, you are individually opting out. Even though you're going through um, the form that we've put up, all we're doing is facilitating that process. So it generates the letter and it sends it out, but it's still one by one by one. Uh, so there's no group opt out. Uh, and that's, uh, uh, that's pretty much it on that. Good. Thanks for the nothing extra to add. And then adding a couple, a couple extra things. Um, um, actually, I'll, some, another good question that kind of gets asked a lot is do I, and I see, um, uh, June, thank you for, for that comment. Isn't the decision primarily based on U.S. versus non-U.S.? Not really. So, for example, if you purchase through the ICO, well, that counts as a U.S.-based transaction because it was between Block 1 and you, right? So you could be anywhere in the world. If you purchase in the ICO, that actually you are part of that group. Um, and then there are the, if you purchased on a U.S.-based exchange, and then they've got the list of that. And then there's also the, if you purchased and it was... Um, the block was, and this part, they can't even explain what this even means. If the block was processed by a US based block explorer, a uh, block producer, but then is it the block producer where they're located from a legal point of view? Is it where their infrastructure is located or is it where they're physically located? Because those are, can be three separate locations. They've not been able to answer that. So generally uh, the current uh, claim actually encompasses more people uh, than what um, uh, some people may, may uh, lead you to believe. And there's still some grays on there. There's also this idea that um, a even though the legal approach is very different, and I mentioned this in the past, the current class action, one of the fundamental premises is securities law. Um, and the fundamental premise of now disregard the opt-out, but I guess option three, which is what we are coordinating right now, the other legal um, exploration, even though the base would not be the same, there's some of the claims that would overlap and you can't overlap claims. So as a whole, the current class action, all that to say, encompasses the majority of people and it's not as simple as US versus non-US, although US does kind of refine it a little bit more, but in general, it's not that simple. Uh, and so the amount of eligible people under the current claim is far greater than uh, what you might believe. And one point of clarification that's very important, you not knowing about a class that you're potentially a part of does not constitute, uh, it, it is not enough weight for you to say, well, I didn't know of this thing. And so how could you encompass me in a class if I wasn't even aware of it? Doesn't matter. So regardless of whether or not the, the information that has been shared about the current class action was widespread enough, whether or not they did enough marketing, whether or not it was even translated in, in, in multiple languages, this idea that you weren't aware of it, therefore you can't be part of that class, as stupid as that sounds and as you know, counterproductive that sounds, it doesn't matter. From a legal point of view, you can be part of a class without knowing that you're part of that class. And if you don't do anything, um, you waive your rights, essentially. And so that is very important as well to know. 
Uh, and to answer your, your question, Trimbot, no, I can't. All I can say is that it is it would be a very different approach. So it's not this idea of violating securities law. So they're, the current class action, their whole premise is that this was a security and that um, essentially you bought a security that was non-registered, et cetera. I can say that that is not our approach at all. And the and so it's not necessarily limited by just the ICO. It's also not just limited by financial losses that could be captured with how many tokens you have and how much you sold at or whatever that may be. Um, it's much broader than that. And it does attempt to take that global approach as well uh, to make it less seem like it's more US-centric, which then could um, basically when people receive that message, which is you know with the current one, that they believe, well, I'm not in the U.S., therefore I'm not in this class, and they end up not doing anything, and they've essentially waived their rights. So we are taking that much broader global approach, non-securities point of view, uh, more on the misrepresentation side and about the claims that were made about reinvestment in the networks side of things. So I don't know if that really answers very much, but generally it's um, yeah, on, more on that side of things. Uh, and no, it's not on the more breach of contract side of thing either. Uh, timelines, um, uh, what can I say about timelines? Uh, very lengthy. Um, don't expect anything to happen tomorrow, just like the current class action has been going on for years. General timelines to expect would also be uh, quite lengthy. But outside of that, there's not much. Uh, Timeline-wise, in terms of the current opt-out, uh, reminder that the current opt-out date is coming very soon. Uh, I believe it is the 29th. And, and why I say I believe is because there's a time zone in there. So depending on where you are, it may be the 29th, it may be uh, the 28th. Um, and so I would encourage people to do whatever it is that you're going to do, uh, whatever direction you choose to, to take, that you do so uh, sooner rather than later. So I'll remind everyone again next week, uh, but then that's going to be the last fireside before this deadline approaches. Kind of the last chance here. I actually have something else. So Junior, you're coming out with some really good questions slash statements. Uh, yes and no. The current can, class can action is the, that it, the, the, the statement or question you're from? Oh, it's well, okay, it's quite long. Okay, from a practical standpoint, if very few participate in the current settlement, that is another big consideration for US investors because there will be a smaller pool of people that the settlement will go towards. So that may be why the current class action group is estimating it may cover most of all US who want a bird in the hand instead of two in the bush, it probably uh, is a good idea to research more. Uh, yes and no. So part of, um, kind of, to give a little bit more historical context on this, the current class action wasn't a class action. It was really a group of investor or an investor um, that had started a suit. And then a second one that also had a similar suit. It became a class because two had very similar. But from the very beginning, the idea was, wasn't that it was a class. And so there was very little communication about this. Um, it wasn't really widespread. Uh, if you recall as well, now, you know, put yourself back a couple of years ago when those messages started coming out, um, there was even question as to whether or not it was a scam um, because who are these people? Uh, there were messages, you know, being flowing around. Hey, if you want to sue block one, click this link. Seems kind of fishy. So they didn't at the time. And I don't think it's, it's uh, because they didn't try but it, it really didn't accumulate many people. 
Um, and so you're right in that sense that it doesn't have many people from that point of view, uh, then the payout could be high. Uh, the problem with that though, is that, uh, now this, this has come to the forefront. Many more people know about this and they know about it through the ENF, for example. And so, because they know it through the ENF, which is a known body, it's a public body. It's not a random person. Um, so this idea of, should I go to the ENF's website to do X, Y, or Z, or is this information that I'm being given um, coming from a scam org? At least in, in large part, that's gone away. So we've seen a tremendous influx of people um, either you know, asking questions about whether or not they should claim or opt out, et cetera. And so as uh, albeit it may be true uh, that for a period of time, they would have had enough. Uh, it is not necessarily true if, everybody who now knows of this does go and claim. So yes, at the end of the day, though, it really is your call as to whether or not um, you believe that enough people will opt out, therefore claim and recover your losses or um, opt out and try to get a better settlement because the opt out is not also the third option, right? The third option is just a completely new um class action the second option of opt out is to give weight to for that settlement to be rejected and block one to come back at the table and up that number right that's not the third option that's we're not even talking about a different class here so at the end of the day strategically what you believe is best for you is what you should do um but because we were getting so many questions of people just not knowing what they need to do um and us trying to communicate as as you know uh, as, as much as possible here are the different options here's the layout it was still very complicated for people and the majority of people wanted to know what do you think i should do and this is where then you know the numbers were so high and i'm talking multiples and multiples over that 22 million mark uh, well over that in losses it's not even close so many people asking what i should do we then took the the stance of our recommendation is the opt-out we believe that that will be um, generally speaking, so not necessarily for you as the individual, but as a whole, that that is the better uh, approach to he keep block one um, and hold block one to account. Um, but at the end of the day, it really is a personal choice. You should consult your own lawyers if, if, you, know, if you deem that to be necessary um, or read up on it and spend all the time uh, you know, determining what, what you should do. But essentially, at the end of the day, it is your call. And that will vary individual by individual. Uh, and so it really depends. We, we can't give a, 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 uh, an individualized recommendation uh, to every single person because every single uh, loss is different, every single uh, experience and or you know, the, 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 basically the, the, your, your circumstances or, or you and, and your, your experience is all individually different. Um, so there, there's no way that we'd be able to do one by one by one, give you our recommendation. And so this broad approach, uh, we believe is, is the, uh, is generally, uh, what people should do is, is opt out. All right. That's some great clarifications there, Eve. Thank you for that.
right. Well, while we have you on uh, on stage here, Eve, maybe you want to help uh, me introduce the next topic. So WarfKit launched recently, and tomorrow there's a Twitter space featuring Aaron Cox of Graymax, and as well as Brandon from the ENF talking about the launch. And maybe, Eve, you want to give a few words about your impressions so far of, of WarfKit and what you think it means uh, for the network. Uh, well, I mean, I, you know, Aaron and I have been talking about WarfKit now for, what, a year and a half? Um, this idea of, of WarfKit started off, and I, actually, I might not even be wrong in that year and a half, although it seems like it's long. Um, the general ideas started with the research done in the blue papers. And, you know, that led one thing led to the next, one thing led to the next. And then we ended up with this idea of, or we didn't, but uh, Graymass ended up with this idea of, of WARF. Uh, and wharf kit, et cetera, et cetera, and the se- se- session kits, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it's been it's been quite some time before we even got to where we where we are today. And obviously, uh, Aaron has and his team um, have done an amazing job at closing a lot of the gaps that uh, specifically developers were filling, which will have a, a net positive on the end user uh, because if the developers have an easier uh, experience in building on uh, the main net, uh, then obviously that that benefit translates to users down the line. Um, you know, this is this has been a, a really long project. It's been a long time coming. I think the benefits uh, to to the chain as a whole, to to Antelope and Antelope users as a whole, are quite substantive. Uh, I think it's going to be hard to quantify kind of on the day to day. While at the same time saying on the day to day, those that start using the wharf kit will start to see the benefit, and then their end users will start to see the benefit um, uh, potentially. And I say potentially because they, the developers, have currently figured out workarounds. So you, as an end user, might not have a significantly different user experience, but you might have a significant user experience if now more developers are capable of doing things that don't take you know, four weeks to do, whereas now they can just do in a couple of hours or in a couple of days. Ultimately, in the long term, this will be a very uh, big net positive for for uh, uh, token holders, for people leveraging the network. So I'm really, really excited about this. Um, and with that, I guess I'm going to pass it along to Aaron, who's going to keep on talking about WarfKit. Maybe highlight some of the things we'll be learning tomorrow on the Twitter Spaces event. Perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, tomorrow we're putting on this event to try to go over all of this at kind of a high level uh, and give a good understanding, uh, kind of like what you were just describing about how this is going to impact the ecosystem, each of the blockchains, and make it just better for developers to be building stuff. Um, but you're not wrong. It might be a longer than uh, a year and a half that we've been kind of talking about this. Uh, I mean, we kind of pitched initial ideas of what this w- could have been years ago when uh, the old EOS New York team was the PBE and at Block One, and they were trying to coordinate this kind of stuff. Um, so this is—it's been an idea a long time coming. It's been a known issue and kind of a sore spot for developers for a long time, um, and we're finally to the point now where it's it's ready like large parts of it are ready and developers are starting to use it 
Um, and it's going to lead to those developers building apps that function better. It's easier for them to do. And just this like uh, trickle up effect from the developers to everyone else. So we're excited to see what people build with it, uh, the feedback that comes from them and their users. Uh, and just like this sets, this is like a, a pillar of the ecosystem and is a foundation for so much more to be built on. Awesome, yeah, that's exciting. I know on our team, Denis's been already using this um, for a little bit and he's had nothing but good things to say about it. Uh, when exactly did you guys launch this, the work kit? Um, the session kit, which is this first major piece that we've pushed out. Um, I guess maybe some context around that. The way that we're building Wharf as, uh, it, it's a product suite. It is a whole bunch of things that live under one umbrella. And, uh, like Wharf is the, the package of all of it. And then inside of Wharf is all these smaller packages, one of them being the session kit, which we officially published as 1.0 uh, two or three weeks ago. Um, that's the one that kind of replaced all of the tools that uh, developers have been using for years. Um, it's, without trying to get too deep into the weeds, um, it's, it's the base SDKs that Block 1 had originally re released. It replaces all of those. Uh, with more modern stuff that has a lot more capabilities. Um, and some of the stuff that the community had globbed onto that along the way. Like it is a replacement for everything that we had in the past that connects you as a user to an application. Um, the other kits that are part of Wharf, like the contract kit, which we'll be starting to talk about more and more, are things that we've never had. Um, it's... It's all it's the stuff that Eve was talking about that developers had to all build themselves uh, and everybody was reinventing these same wheels. Like, how do I get data out of my smart contract and then present it to a user? Or how do I actually integrate these smart contract actions into my application? Um, we've never had tools to solve that. Uh, and that's what this contract kit, which is another part of Wharf, uh, will be talking about that a lot in the near future. Um, and there's a couple other minor kits that are going to be coming out with it as well. And then they all just like live under this Wharf umbrella. So developers that are coming into the space and building front end applications, you know, they they will know that I need to go to the CDT or something like that to build my contract. And then for the client uh, for to build a user experience, you just know you have to go to Wharf, and then Wharf has all these products underneath it that helps you solve all the various problems, and like it'll be solving things that you didn't know you needed solved. <laughs> all right, great, thanks. That's a great little teaser for us to learn more tomorrow. So I imagine even for non-developers, this should be fairly accessible for everyone. Yeah, that I think is what we're aiming for. And Brandon, if correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but that was kind of the overall gist is like, let's keep it more at a high level. We do wharf calls every uh, week. They actually happen two hours before the fireside. Uh, and those are where we get kind of into the technicals of everything and talk about the details and the changes. So, yeah, I think, <clears throat> I think we're going more for the high level overview and just get people hyped up about what they can build with Worf. Um, just give them general sense of things. And yeah, 
you just didn't be great to see everyone there so come on out and uh the link is in the the link is in the chat there so join us on x spaces tomorrow oh and by the way free free wharf you know because their twitter account has been temporarily suspended since they uh had a twitter account right uh, right Early and suspended. <laughs> immediately suspended temporarily forever well, so well, it's not um, fully suspended i was doing a bit of research today you just need to click one extra button to be sure you want to be exposed to the wharf kid twitter profile right. Yeah, I'm not sure what we can do to help. I guess follow follow the profile. Would yeah, probably follow help. them. Maybe mention them. I don't know. Yell yeah. at Elon Musk. The weird thing is, like Aaron, you've had a hard time getting a hold of anybody, right? Yeah, we've tried multiple times. We've gone through their support systems, and like some of them don't even work. Uh, it it seems like it's quite messy over there at the moment. Yeah. So you know, raise a ruckus anyway. And uh, are you going to be joining from the, the WarfKit account? Nah, it'll probably be on mine. <laughs> you should, you should <laughs> also join from the WarfKit account or get someone from your team to join from that account. We like it, we can't do anything with it. We can't really? Eat, uh, like Drew just mentioned, we, could, we can't even pay for Twitter Blue. Like, that was one of the things <laughs> we tried. They Jesus. won't even let us take our money. Or they won't even take our money. Crazy. I was yeah. wondering why why there was no tweets up. It's because you've been restricted and you can't. Yeah, right? that's a good reason. But I think yeah. we should invite Elon Musk on the the Twitter Spaces tomorrow. Like, put the word out. He's invited to talk about why WarfKit is right. permanently temporarily suspended and other why things. Why are you censoring WarfKit? Yeah. Why are you trying to suppress the development of this ecosystem? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the hell. Well, yeah. I gave you an extra follow here on my personal account. Hopefully, hopefully that's what tips the scales and gets you unbanned. Yeah, yeah. I kind of feel like if there was enough high-profile followers, people would be like, "Wait a second. They're like the, there'd be some algorithm that would, you know, detect uh, like a wrongful suspension." Anyway, I don't know. Should be Getting fun. Slightly off-topic, but yeah, I know. I saw a big thread today actually on a bunch of potential Twitter algorithm changes that they're considering. Seems like this stuff is is moving around a lot. So hopefully this gets fixed soon enough. Aaron, our, our quest tomorrow is to come up with as many analogies as we can. Like we're gonna push the wharf kit analogies to the absolute limit. All so right. get ready. I'll I'll find my analogy hat. Okay. Good. <laughs> All right, great. Thanks guys for uh, giving us that little teaser. Uh before moving on to our next Topic, little pop token update. Of course, you can register in the pop bot chat for your pop tokens for today. Let me see. Is the bot running? Yes, looks like it's running. Looks like everything is smooth. That's great. The July raffle prizes have been sent out. Still a semi-manual process for us, uh, but you can check your inventory for that raffle pack. Inside it, you'll find some prizes. There's 200 250 EOS of airdrops to be found, some EOS moments, some party crackers. Uh, so good luck to everyone opening their packs today. I see a bunch of you have already opened. There's been two $10 prizes, uh, 10 EOS prizes claimed. So that big prize of 50 EOS is still out there to be, uh, to be claimed. Last month's 50 EOS prize has been claimed at this point, just so you know. All right. Moving on to our next topic. 
Upland is opening Tokyo tomorrow. So let's talk a bit about GameFi. Upland, obviously, one of the biggest blockchain games in all crypto running on EOS. They're opening Tokyo tomorrow. And yeah, just continuously fun and interesting updates coming from the Upland team. Um, Tokyo is going to be a more apparently high priced city. So that's exciting to see that they can kind of adjust prices and supply of all these cities as they see fit based on market demand. Very cool of a plan. And then another update is that there's a bunch of quests on layer two games that are built using upland assets. And there's a cool kind of back and forth going on here. So um, there's two games, upland kingdoms, and then as well as uplandia that are standalone games that use some of the upland assets. And if you do those quests in those layer two games, you also get rewarded in upland in the layer one with some new block explorers, stuff like that. So very cool to see how these different games are interacting with each other's NFTs and bringing more, uh, yeah, composability to these, uh, to these assets and to these games. So a little, uh, little update from upland. And I think next week we'll get actually someone from Upland to come on the show to talk to us about their latest plans and updates. We'll talk about how the Tokyo release went and I'm sure all sorts of other cool ideas. Oh, as well, forgotten last little piece here of news from Upland. You can now easily find your associated EOS account. So when you create an Upland account, you only need to use your social login, right? So they're not forcing anyone to actually interact with a wallet, create a blockchain account. They abstract that away from their users. And that's obviously a big part of why they've become so popular. So you just do your social login. On the back end, Upland creates an EOS account for you to track all sorts of things. So now you can easily find that EOS account in the Upland settings, and then you can kind of go see on the blockchain to see the traces of your gameplay and your assets. So that's pretty cool. All right, now back to the soundboard. EOS Wombat Bridge is live. Very cool. So we can we're seeing the Wombat platform with their Wombat token taking advantage of the Antelope IBC and allowing transfers between Wax and EOS of their Wombat token. Very cool. This leverages the Alcor IBC bridge, which we've talked about before, uh, to do your transfers. And uh, there we go. Love to see more. DeFi and GameFi operability, or perhaps, or, 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 or I'm sorry, IBC and GameFi being more interoperable within the Antelope ecosystem. The Wombat token is also bridged to other EVM networks, so it's great to see uh, the popularity of Wombat overall. Actually, one more topic I forgot about, my God. Pomelo Season 6 claims are now live. 
So you can go on there on your Pomelo profile, claim your funds if you were a successful grant from season six. There's also a way to do it manually directly through blocks uh, if ever you want to do that. And I want to share a quick, uh, quick little story from earlier today, actually. I had a Telos user message me saying it was the first time that he was part of Pomelo and then he wanted to claim his Telos funds, which he did. And now he was wondering where these Telos tokens were going to be. So just to be clear for everyone, these Telos tokens do live on the EOS network, but you can use IBC to bridge them back to Telos if you want, or you can use a swap service like, for example, DeFi Box to trade your Telos tokens for EOS directly in your EOS account. So we've seen examples of both of these uh, customer paths, if you want, of people, grant owners, you know, claiming their Telos and then bridging it back to the main chain, main net of Telos using Utility X. So let me just share this link here in case some of you are looking to bridge back your Telos tokens to uh, Telos. Uh, here, the utility x.io app is built by the UX network. The UX network guys obviously were a critical part of the IBC technology that's been developed for Antelope. So I was not surprised to hear this Telos user say everything worked smoothly the first time and he was very happy to have his Telos tokens back on the Telos mainnet. So Lewis asks, are they wrapped? They are wrapped, but there's no third party to trust with the wrapping because the wrapping is done on the protocol level. So Antelope blockchain protocol, which is used by EOS, WAX, Telos, and UX, all have implemented the same IBC technology within the Antelope protocol, which allows us to transfer these tokens IBC in a trustless way. So if you already trust the base layer network security of EOS or, or Telos, you know, there's no extra trust required for this IBC. So this is very cool. And it's very cool to see more apps using the IBC. So we just talked about Wombat. Now we're talking about Pomelo leveraging the IBC and very cool. And looking forward to hear about more apps leveraging native Antelope IBC. So that kind of covers the topics I had noted down for today. At this point, of course, let's open up the mic to anyone who wants to jump on stage with me, share some updates, share a question, a comment, or uh, yeah, do some off-topic banter about whatever it is uh, you want to talk Yeah, baby, yeah. 
I could also just play with my sound effects for the next hour if we want to make sure this fireside lasts two hours. If no one else has anything to add here. Yeah. <laughs> Sound effects. <laughs> Anyone? Anyone? Who wants to talk about the, the trustless bridge? Anyone? It's a pretty cool bridge. It's a really cool bridge. They don't make bridges like that anywhere. <laughs> but here. Only possible on EOS. But I got a good question actually today. I was actually actually someone from uh, CV Labs, which is an incubator that we were partnering with a while back with EOS Nation through our ambassador program. He reached out to me randomly today um, asking if I was still in EOS, etc. And I gave him a bit of an update. And then I, I was talking to him about this IBC bridge. And he was like, oh, that's great. But you guys need to connect to all the other blockchains now. And so, and I know that's something that Guillaume has mentioned in the past. So, yeah, I just thought I'd share that. No, we can't see your your disc, your emojis, uh, Lewis. I don't think. <clears throat> well, well, Brandon, you can't you can't give us the the standard voice check you do before jumping on stage here. <laughs> Sorry, and then not jump I should have muted. Your... I should have muted. Is that my patented voice? Yeah, your patented. <laughs> Early unmute, <clears throat> and then you go yeah, for it. Yeah, sorry, I forget that I'm on on mic. I was actually just Understood. studying the list of who's here that I can pick on. There you go, Nathan James. I'm looking at you. You must know something you want to talk about. I just know you do. Deep in the trenches. Nice little flex from du Drew Joy in the chat saying he's in the back seat driving through the Alps. So he's got tunnels on the mind. Whoa. Little shout out to Drew. He's currently touring in Europe with his band. Let's hear it for tours in Europe from a fire regular fireside contributor. Quiet bunch today. pregnant pause afterwards uh i was just realizing that 
um, I'm picking on the wrong people that some people are trying to enjoy their life away from the screen today. It happens. You got to do that from time to time. You got to get out and feel our, the wind our, in your face. Our vacation stack is pretty large right now in our team. A lot of people on vacation right now. Good for them. I'll be taking a bit of time off soon as well. Maybe you guys will have a replacement host for a couple of episodes. Oh, who's on deck next? Yeah. Keep it a surprise. Make them fight over it until yeah, the last maybe, moment. Maybe. Yeah. See who wants it the most. You, you hit the nail directly on the head, though. I was just telling him in private that I'm taking the first vacation since I joined the NF for a week. He was picking on me. <laughs> so you, you picked up on that real quick. Yeah. That, that was my, oh. And I didn't want to talk out of class, you know, but. But thanks for joining. You all me. gave it all away, apparently. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Happens. Um, so I did want to say about, uh, you had mentioned IBC before. Um, Guillaume actually went into exactly that about other chains and when it could be expected and which chains were likely to be next on the uh, IBC webinar that we did. I think it was last week. Uh, it, worth checking out. Definitely got into some really, really interesting stuff. But for a TLDR, likely the first ones will be uh, Ethereum, just because it's a low hanging fruit. There was talk about uh, investigation into Bitcoin, though it's none of this is, I'm not saying this uh, as a roadmap or anything. It was just something that was discussed on, um, on the webinar. Uh, but it is definitely something that is a high priority item, uh, or at least a high ticket item. And everyone has the same question, right? It's not just uh, one or two people within the community. Everybody's wondering, when can IBC be taken to other chains? Which chains, et cetera. So it's definitely on top of mind. There you go. Love to hear it. And thanks for checking in, uh, Nathan. And uh, go back to your vacation now. We're good. We're good for another week. Huh. I mean, I won't, I won't miss the community fireside. There you go. The dedication. The dedication. Just amazing. So what else is going on? Markets are tanking. All of my investments are down today, except nuclear. Go nuclear. Yep, the squeeze is on. Mel asks, what's happening about the change of the EOS brand and logo? <clears throat> well, we did the uh, presentation to the community uh, along with Funday, and that went pretty well. We got feedback from the Chinese community as well, and I think we're mostly just working on getting uh, that all integrated with getting that all that brand direction kind of finalized now um 
Zach, I don't know if we have any specific timelines. We've been a little overwhelmed with the number of things on our plate lately, so I'm not sure that we have a specific. Um, have we agreed with that logo? There was general agreement that that was a good direction. Um, we didn't really experience a lot of anti-sentiment. Um, and Mel, are you, uh, want to grab the mic? You can grab the mic. Feel weird. I feel weird asking your questions for you because I know you have a voice, but maybe you're in a loud pub or something. I might. Um, no, I was a bit. I mean, I'm not over too keen on that logo, to be fair. But I'm not sure how how it got. Um, I know no one answered the community to ask a few questions on on that. But I wasn't sure what the response was. Was it like uh, a poll over ten people or thousand people? Or that? I'm not sure. But um, I've spoke to a couple of people and I wasn't over keen on it. And uh, just wondered if if that was the final version of it. Because at the moment. I quite like what we've got, but obviously, um, if we're going to make a change, is it is it the right one? I don't, I'm not sort of obviously oversold on it personally. Oh yeah, we can't hear you, Zach. If you're trying to, sorry about that. If you kill a Discord and come back, it might work. That's what I usually have to do when that happens to me. Because um... <clears throat> originally we was going to go with um, changing the actual uh, brand as well and problem problems with the ticker so um obviously on the exchanges so i i, I don't know how we're gonna get away from the bad sentiment sentiment we've got at the moment with um the publicity in that and i, I don't know I just, yeah where do we go which direction do we go with it all? well personally i like the direction we're, we're kind of moving in currently um I feel good about it. And the feedback that I received from most of the people I reached out to was pretty positive. Um, I think what we'll see next is kind of a more, some more refined versions of what we presented that other day. Um, and you'll see some other ways that that can, that that logo, um, Mark and can a more professional look to it. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's the thing. Right. Okay. And, um, yeah, I, I'm a fan of the new, of that style. I was, you know, a big Chesterhedron Maxi for a really long time. And yeah. I think I finally gave up on it just cause I finally, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of reasons why, but, um, yeah. you know, um, at this point, I think what's more critical than anything is that the community kind of rallies around a particular direction and, and we we go we go with it. Um, the most and, important uh, thing is that we get this thing working, and it's, it's going been going in the wrong direction for some time. Obviously, yeah. Um, the, the value of all crypto is going down and down and down, and it's um, a bit of a worry. And uh, I, I just want to get try and get the value back into the token as quickly as possible. And what we do to do that, and I think logo is a good one and and uh starting starting again basically like a, the new eos yeah like the, the, new, the new eos I, I really also feel like we're 
we're trying to lay the groundwork to head into the bull market with some, you know, some things sorted out that we've chronically not had sorted out over the years. We started with that, the presentation with, you know, like we have a, we have a logo problem and they displayed all the different logos side by side that we had representing all different things in the network. Um, yeah, and the issue with B1 having the IP for the, the old thing. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, I think... Yeah, we need like, to get it sorted out, basically, because obviously once we get that sorted, we can start promoting and start pushing and advertising because we have been very sort of uh, lackluster in that department. Obviously, um, we haven't had much to shout about, but now right. we are, are we are getting that, going that way. We are getting in a better position where we can start promoting ourselves in a, in a big way. So... Um, yeah, I um, kind of agree that we need to go that direction first, changing how whole how, how brand and start again in that. And um, I think I'd be prepared for the bull market when it ever comes. Yeah. Yeah, and Perry's um, having fun in the, in the chat with Jay-Z, but, you know, a logo is just part of a brand and a name yeah. is part of a brand and the sounds and imagery associated with a brand are part of the brand and the feeling you get when you think of a brand is all part of the brand i mean it's all like a big package deal so this is just one change but i think it's a fairly significant one and you know having something that's community owned and that is not uh from the legacy era, I think moves us one step closer to being an independent network. And then, yeah, with the leap five, we're also taking another further step or leap, if you will, <laughs> um, towards really redesigning things, um, or at least introducing the possibility of like a new consensus algorithm. So yeah, it's like perhaps symbolic in some ways, but I think it's important to have, a unifying kind of symbol for everybody to get behind yeah. one that doesn't like you know where people are not all sorts of different sides of, of a thing it's more neutral something we can kind of imbue new meaning into instead of being stuck with the old um the old thing the community so. definitely needs to rally behind and get together as one because we have been very sort of split and uh there's been so many arguments in, in in sort of uh, in the community, and it'd be nice to get behind something and rally and uh, start moving on and get um get this thing moving like we all that's what we all want really. Anyway, that's enough for me. Thanks, Mel. Yeah, um, I'm not sure the timeline on that, but uh, we'll have some sort of <laughs> communication about that. Um, I. I I reckon it. Oh, there, there he is. Oh, there he is. Yeah, I would just say, kind of forget about it for a few months, and then you'll be pleasantly surprised. So there are a lot of other things going on, and there's no target date for the rollout even because it's going to depend on sentiment, market conditions, Leap 5 coming like in parallel. There's going to be a lot of work and coordination and communications at that time. Um just to kind of understand what's happened since that call and that presentation for feedback was all of the feedback was taken in final adjustments were made. Um, part of the brand Bible or brand book was handed over, but there's still assets um, 
just for the brand guidelines that are still being completed, different templates. And that's just like the beginning, like all of the work kind of starts after that of how do you like implement it? How do you roll it out? Um, yeah. And, and, yeah. and like, even for like a, a website, like to, to reskin it, go, you got to mock up every page again, revisit each pages, um, like textual content. So it's a good uh, process anyway, because a lot of the uh, copywriting was written a, a year or two ago, depending on which page it is. So revisiting all of that. So there, there's no rush to do it, let's say. And in this market, it wouldn't really make a difference. So timing-wise, I would just kind of put it in the back of your mind, and then you'll be pleasantly surprised in a couple of months. It's nice to hear that you're doing that, and uh, I'm looking forward to see that the final uh, push and release of that. And uh, we can start moving forward. Like I said, that's, that's, yes, that's um, really, really cool. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Mel. I'm glad you're able to get on the mic, Zach. All right, everyone, back to work. <laughs> you too, Steph. No, I was kidding. Stumbling around with my soundboard out here. If only we had Liam here to to play. You know, last week Liam sent me a, <laughs> he sent me a video where he was he was like noodling on a keyboard while listening to the fireside chat. And it was really he's he's a quite a musician actually, so it was it was pretty. Uh, I don't know, it was pretty pleasant to the you know to the ears. Like it was really funny. I don't know if y'all have ever watched. Yeah, yeah, Drew does that with his drum machine. It's like, I don't know if anyone's ever watched Mystery Science Theater 3000 back in the day, but it's kind of a funny video show where, like, people would be sitting in a theater and you would just see the silhouette of them from the back and they'd be watching, like, old monster movies and talking um, over the movie. And it was more about their commentary on the movie and just their silhouettes. And I thought that'd be really funny to do for the fireside chat. Just get, like, somebody... We could have we could have a meta fireside with people offering commentary on the fireside in the background. Maybe Dave, Dave, you could do that. Dave and and Liam, I vote you too. Hey, we got some breaking news for everyone. The oh. fifty EOS prize has been won. Congratulations to Anthropic EOS for uh, cashing in that fifty EOS prize. Still plenty of key 10 EOS prizes out there and some EOS moments to be found, of course. Hey, did we never have a the last poker tournament? Stuff, whatever happened in our poker tournaments? Yeah, that's a good, uh, good question. No, we we skipped it actually last season, um, or this this season. Yeah, we're we're skipping it for a bit. Um, yeah, 
That's just fair. A, I was just curious. I suddenly it, had a moment. It's actually for regulatory reasons, if you can believe it or not. Um, really? Even though yeah. no money is. Being... Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just we're being very careful just for this one aspect. But I think it will come back. So it doesn't mean it's over forever. But we kind of took a pause uh, for this season. I just had a moment where of an anxiety where I was like, oh, sh- I missed the poker tournament. Wait. Everyone missed it. Unfortunately, yeah. you're not the only one. But uh, but I, I definitely hope to host more EOS community poker tournaments. And uh, at least one more. I don't want you guys to think just, just because I won the last one, I'm like, all right, that's it. No more poker tournaments. We've got our reigning champ. And he's going to yeah, stay like that forever. Not fair. It's not fair like that. It's not my game plan. Not my game plan. All right. Otherwise, we're going to have to start playing Parcheesi or something. It's not going to be the same. So, yeah. All right. So we're going to wrap it up. A couple minutes. Yeah, um, we can wrap it. Um, I do want to ask, though, now that I brought up games, like what games do people like? Put it in the chat. I'm curious what games people play out there, whether it's video games or board games or card games or, you know. These days I'm on uh, I'm on Diablo 4, although I don't have that much time. Wow. To, like level just playing Skyrim in the car. Dude, Skyrim you're in the Skyrim in the car. You're in what the answer. <laughs> Stop it. What Is it nighttime? You, you can't see out the window, I guess. Risk. That's, That's amazing. Brutal. That's amazing. Um, what else are you going to do when you're touring Europe than play Risk, playing Skyrim in the car? I don't know. Drew, your bandmates got to be pretty, uh, I don't know. I get it. I get it. Spend a lot of time in the van together and eventually you just all get quiet and at your device. Finally Dave got Windows to stop detecting a ghost monitor and exiting my session. Mario Kart. What? Yeah, Dave X coming in with the classic. I'm actually playing uh, some Risk as well these days on the app. It's actually pretty good. I've gotten... Yeah, I've gotten a bit hooked on the on the zombies variation of the Risk game. Oh, really? Nice. As much as I like the fancy graphics and all the latest and greatest, bottom line, I'm always drawn back to the classic strategy games. That's what I always. That's where I always end up. I yeah, always wanted sh- sharing some some some. Uh, VR racing. Nicely done. Speaking of risk, I always used to play this game that I just dropped in the chat, and I always thought it would be good with a blockchain kind of component to it. And I don't know, it's like developed by this wacky bunch of guys, but um, it's kind of like a free risk esque cool. game. But it was a little clunky and slow. I'm not sure if they fixed it up or not. I've stumbled in, upon some uh, Cities Skyline 2 trailer videos on YouTube this week as well. Hmm. Got me reminiscing of my SimCity days. 
I'm enjoying watching these two, three minute clips, ex explaining a concept of the game, and then just trying to imagine myself playing that game. I'm like, oh, that's way too much, too complicated and too long. But I, I like seeing the new clips in the videos. So these skylines too, right? check that out. Huh. All right. Upcoming. Not even released yet, huh? Not even released yet. <clears throat> what GameFi game will be the killer app? Well, Zynga apparently is coming out with a blockchain-based game. Heard about that earlier in the week. Zynga? Zynga, yes. Zynga. The giants from Facebook Gaming. Mm. Um, no, I don't have the link handy. But they have a huge user base. They're likely going to be abstracting away the blockchain aspects up, up front anyways. And so this could be the way to onboard millions and millions of people. Hmm. What do you mean um, by roll dice would be a killer app, Dave? A dice game? <laughs> I think that Dave just wants to get his gamble on. <laughs> just any dice? There's a... Um, there's a bullet game that's been popular NFT. in crypto twitter nft recently dice. a bullet game yeah so it's a i don't know what chain it works on evm of sorts um and you basically rush you play russian roulette with your fellow dgen crypto gamblers oh, God. And there's a huge rake and one person loses everything and distributes his prizes to everyone else who joins <laughs> i don't recommend it but if you're looking for some gamble, blockchain gamble, I think this is, uh, this was fairly popular this week and last. Yeah, no gambling. That's not what we do here. Um, <clears throat> cool. Games, games, games. Does anyone play Go? I do not. I've never actually played Go. Can't be the only Go it's player. It's very complicated. So it's simple. It's just infinitely complicated at the same time. But the basic rules are very simple. Those are the best games, like poker. Yeah. Yeah. I've yet to find anyone else in the EOS community that plays Go, but someday. Sugar Town is the name of the game. And Zynga at the same time announced their Web3 branding. Or like Web3 brand. So definitely cool to see some of the biggest players in gaming stepping into the blockchain space. Which was exactly what I thought was gonna happen to be honest. The gamers had a bad, you know, bad reaction at, at first. But 
the actual builders can see the potential and see the inevitability of it all. And so they're, they're, they're stepping in. No, Yevon, I'm not playing a Diablo season, although maybe that's just a commitment device I need to get me to put in a couple more hours. Alright, last call. Anyone else want to jump in here? Game fight talk, whatever it is. If not, we're going to wrap it in just a minute. I would suggest that the lack of questions in our community right now has to do with a lot of unanswered questions that have to do with the EV, the uh, EOS labs. Oh, so I think yeah, that's fair. Answer. That's fair. I'm sure we'll have lots to talk about by this time next week when yeah, we'll have exactly. heard, heard more directly from uh, Winston and EOS Labs. Exactly. All right. On that note, we're gonna wrap it up here. Thanks for joining everyone. Remember to like, subscribe, share with your friends. And I hope everyone's having a great week. And we'll do it again next Wednesday. See ya, everyone. And let's go EOS. Go EOS. Go EOS. Last call for Pop Token Red.